For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill After, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast. And you know what? This next episode is so, like, important and just amazing to me because Madison Rain was my very first opponent. She's who I trained with. And you guys are going to hear such amazing stories. But before I continue talking about Madison Rain, let's talk about Patreon.com slash SassySeffy. Go there, and you for only $2, you're going to get so many great exclusives. And this week, my exclusive with Madison Rain, trust me, is a do not want to miss. Because I go back, I find the notes from our very first match, this match actually, right here, and we talk about it, note by note, move by move, and it's fantastic. So if you don't want to miss that, make sure you go and subscribe at patreon.com slash if you want to follow along on Twitter, on Instagram, of course, I would love you to follow me. So go and follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at Sassy Steffi. And if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to hit that subscribe and that bell notification so you never miss a second. If you are listening on your favorite podcast platform, don't forget to hit subscribe. And also, please go rate and review Talking Sass. And please give me a five star. Now back to Madison Rain and this episode. Again, she was influential in my career, and I was so glad that I got the opportunity to talk to her. Now, I have to tell you guys this in advance. There was a lot of technical difficulties with her internet, so bear with us because there's still a lot of great stories to be told, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy it because I mean, we go back pretty far. So I'm really excited, and this is the Queen Bee herself, Madison Rain. I am sitting here with the one and only Madison Rain. Hey, Madison. Hi. Good to see you. It's good to see you, too. It's literally been, like, 10 years. Forever. Legit. Mm -hmm. Like, I say that with everybody else, but it's legitimately been a long time since we have seen actually seen each other in person. And look at us. We look like we did 10 years ago. Exactly. <laughs> it's so good when that happens. I think, actually, the last time that we saw each other and – I mentioned this when I was talking to you the other day was when we were drinking wine out of Disney sippy cups in my hot tub. <laughs> yep. Yep. As soon as you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, that was so much fun. Oh, it was I'm awesome. sure I've done that a time or two since too, but. <laughs> <laughs> Just not with me this time, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. That's okay. For those who don't know, for both of us, I mean, you came up in Ohio in this little farm town, Coshocton, Ohio. And that's where you trained. And for me, when I first 
well, I don't think I met you that night, but the first time that I saw you, and I mentioned this when I had Taylor Wilde on, is I was looking at wrestling schools, and I was like, where am I going to go? And you were wrestling Chantel Taylor, and I happened to be at that show, and I was like, I want to go train where this girl's training because I like I like the style Aww. the match that you guys had. Yeah. And that's when I picked, because I was picking between you guys and, uh, well, you guys, OCW at the time and yeah. uh, JT Lightning School at the time. And there was a couple others in Ohio that I was looking at, but I was like, that's what some cemented, like, I'm going to OCW to train is because I want to train with, at that time, Lexi Lane. Throwing it that's back so there. That's so funny. That's so, but, like, I remember that match, mm-hmm. and it was really good. And so I am glad, but not super surprised. Yeah. She was on her way, like, to developmental, mm-hmm. and she held my hand through that entire match. So very little of that was based off of the training that I had done up until that point. It was a lot of her going, okay, this is what you're doing now. <laughs> but I remember that, like, she was – I was so new and so scared, and I had only wrestled, like, you know, the handful of girls that were in Ohio in that little area. And she was the first one that, that came in from elsewhere. Um, she was also one of the first people who I had kind of like watched and studied on YouTube and like, I want to wrestle like her. And then I got to work with her. Um, and she was just awesome. Like she, I mean, we're still super close to this day. Um, but she probably has still has no idea what an impact she and that match had on me and how I would then go about my training, trying to be kind of like Chantel Taylor. Yeah. I mean, she's amazing. And I remember like, I was really into her as well, obviously from seeing that match live and then, you know, obviously knowing where her career was going from there. Mm -hmm. And she was booked on a couple OCW shows, but then for whatever reason, she never got to come back. And I was like, oh, so I, I still to this day have not met her. And I'm like, really? Oh, yeah, it's such a bummer because I'm like, I feel like, well, when she did my podcast, I mean, we had a blast talking. So I was like, I feel like we could have really gotten along. And I, I probably, with her being the stellar baby face that she has always been, I probably mm-hmm. could have learned new things as a heel that, you know, I yeah. wasn't, uh, I never learned prior to that because of her. So, I mean, yeah. that's just the talent that she is. She's awesome. And she's so humble. And like, she has no idea how much she inspired people like you and me. And, and I'm sure hundreds of others. I know that, um, Allie has said the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Like she wanted to wrestle and be like Chantel. So, um, I don't think that Chantel knows or gives herself enough credit for what she did for the women that followed her or worked alongside her. I, I totally agree with that. When I told her that, like, that was the reason why I started training was because of the match with you and her, she was like, what? I was <laughs> like, yeah, it was great. I loved it. And that's when yeah. I decided, I was like, I have to train with this girl because, you know, she's out there with this girl who I know can just go, mm-hmm. you know, all day long. So And was- I didn't mess up too badly. So I guess <laughs> I'll give myself credit for that. I was able to, to fall in line and, and not mess it up. Yeah. Well, I mean, I came to train probably – I know you started in 2005, mm-hmm. right? That was your first mm-hmm. match. Mm-hmm. I think that match, I think, was at the end of 2005 or the beginning of 2006, right? Mm-hmm. It, was, um, it was actually May of 2005 at my old high school. 
Mm-hmm. I had only been training a few months, but this show um, was going to be big, like in terms of independent wrestling shows that I think like, oh, geez, I don't know, 600 people, yeah. um, including like I graduated in 04. So like everybody that I saw at the school were people that I had just graduated and, and gone to school with and teachers that I had just seen a year ago. And so it was really important to me that I was on that show. Um, so that was my first, my first singles match. I had done a couple like mixed tag training type matches, but, um, our trainer, Jeff Cannon waited until about a week before the show to tell me that he had ivory to come in and be the special guest referee for that match. So as if I wasn't nervous enough for all of the other elements, then he added that on top of it. But yeah, so that was May of 05. Yeah, well, Jeff had a special way of doing that with the girls that he had trained. (laughs) We, I knew coming into it, he was like, okay, we're going to run. Well, maybe not when I came into it, but a couple months into my training, he was like, okay, March 7th, 2010, we are going to do, or no, 2010. 2010? Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, 2007. Sorry, I had flipped the, anyway, nevertheless. So um, he told me, he's like, we're going to be doing an all-women show, and you know, it's going to be you and Lexi in the first match, and then, you know, it's a tournament. I'm like, cool, no problem. This is great. I'll, no problem. So you and I practiced the match because I yeah. was nervous as hell for, like, probably six months leading up to that <laughs> point. And then when the match came, the day of, he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, the losers of the first round of the tournament are going to be in a tag match. And I was like, Jeff, I I, I need six this. months. <laughs> Uh, what are you talking about? Aww. Now I'm nervous as hell. But luckily, I had known Jessica Havoc for a while, and she was mm-hmm. on the opposite on the opposite team of what I was on. So she was able to, you know, help calm my nerves a little bit. And then also, um, Josie was in that match on Jessica's side, so she was able to, I mean, lead me around like mm-hmm. I was wrestling for ten years already or whatever. So yeah. Lucky for me, I had some, and Lorelai Lee was on my team, so I had a lot of great veterans around me who took care of me, luckily, but Jeff did have have a, you know, just leave those little, little hints out for you uh-huh. until you get to that moment, and you're like, mm-hmm. what? He's very good at the, there you go, sink or swim. Like, he always stood by with a lifesaver, but mm-hmm. he always pushed you in the deep end and was like, you got this. Yeah, which is, I think... For me, I don't, I mean, I can't speak for you, maybe for you too, but like that really helped propel me. Like it gave me, okay, I can do this because I was basically forced into doing it because I would never probably done it by myself. I probably would have been like, okay, I'm going to stick by Ashley's side to, or Lexi's side or Madison's side until, (laughs) you know, she leaves for TNA in a couple of years and that's going to be my wrestling career. But no, because of that, I mean, he really pushed me out there to really you know, break out of my my square that I was in. Well, and that's good to have somebody like Jeff too, because as critical as we all are of ourselves, like you would have never been ready to do two matches in one night. I would have never been ready to go have a match at my old high school with a a WWE Hall of Famer as the, the guest referee. Like we wouldn't have ever had that moment on our own where we went, okay, now I'm ready. And yeah, we'd definitely. still be sitting here waiting to have that moment. So to, to have him force us out of our comfort zones, 
I'm, I'm sure there were moments where I was like, what are you doing to me? Why do you want me to fail? But at the end of the day, um, you know, if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't have seen and done a lot of the things that I have been able to do. Definitely. And I agree with that. I mean, there was times where you and I and him and other people would just jump in the car and we would go have shows in Maryland or Pennsylvania or Illinois. You know, we'd go all around just having these matches. And he was like, I think for me, especially my first probably couple months, that really helped me out having my trainer there. Because if I I knew Mm -hmm. I could work with you, but if I had any questions or anything else going on, I could always reach out to my trainer as well and be like, yo, am I doing this correctly? But I remember like the first time that you and I went on a solo trip was to um, Tennessee and we had to wear one piece bathing outfits and we were out there on our own and we actually had like a decent match and I was like, okay, he's not here and we did it. And we still survived. Yeah, I guess we're, I guess we're good to go now. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I remember that. And then we went to the Coyote Ugly Bar in Nashville afterwards. Yes. Yes, because we deserved it at that point. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You are taking me on a trip down memory lane. I love this. Yeah, well, that's what I think is, <laughs> is unique about when, like, I have people on that, like, I worked with in the beginning of my career because we can go down that memory lane and discuss all of these things that we did that people don't know about. Yeah. And, like, I was mentioning right before we went on how we were going to talk about the one time. It wasn't my hometown. But it was as close at that point that OCW had gotten to my hometown, which was about 15 minutes down the highway. And it was in Ritman, Ohio. And we're going over our match, and we're talking to the referee, and he's like, okay, who's going up? And I'm like, oh, you know, Madison's going up. Okay, no problem. And you're like, yeah, just hit me with Kiss My Sass, and I'll kick out. And, I, like, I, I remember, like, deep in my heart, I was like, I don't want anybody to kick out of my finisher because that's my finisher. Mine. But I was like, okay, I was like – you know, she's my veteran at this point. So I'm like, I'll do what I'm told because I'm less than a year in actually wrestling matches. So we go through the match. I hit you with kiss my sass. And then I'm pinning you and you don't kick out. And I'm like, what the, wait a second, what just happened here? And you're dying laughing on the ring, but like trying to hide it. Like you have your hand yeah. over your mouth and like the referee's raising my hand and I'm like, did I, What's just, happening? did I just screw this up <laughs> like that's that's a thought still going on in my mind and then you're like congratulations and I was like oh okay cool <laughs> like I can celebrate now because like I thought I messed something up like I thought who knows did I hurt you I mean right you didn't kick out you know <laughs> um it was just you know you were gonna you didn't want anyone to kick out of your finisher and you were hell-bent on not letting that happen so you just you, you oh, made yeah. it a little more snug, and I couldn't kick out. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> K-Fabe lives. K-Fabe right. lives. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, soon after, like I said, two years, we were basically working up and down the Midwest, up and down in the States, everywhere. But one point at Shimmer, because I was, I mean, I was really lucky because I had had so many matches with you. You were already established at Shimmer. And so was Nevea, and I had worked with Nevea as well quite a few times because we're all from Ohio. So I was lucky that, you know, Dave Prezak's like, oh, of course, as everybody else does, I sign in a tape, of course, but of course all my matches were probably with you and Nevea. And uh, he he brought me onto the Shimmer roster, and 
what was really cool is at the time, both you and Nevea were the first ever Shimmer Tag Team Champions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not even on the roster yet. Like, I had wrestled on Sparkle, which is the pre-show. And I was wrestling every weekend for the Shimmer Tag Team titles at, like, a different <laughs> show there. And I'm not even on the roster at this point, like I said. And, like, I was, like, at one point before, you know, like, maybe three or four years ago, I was, like, I think I have have wrestled for the tag team titles more than anybody else in the world at that point in time. Now it's changed. But I'm, like, oh I my God, so many times. We're always so like, we want this to be a shimmer tag title match. We want to do like, we want to defend the tag titles. Like, because we were so proud of that. And and we had no idea that that was going to be the outcome of that tournament. And so like, that was huge for her and I, yeah. I mean, it was a huge, it's still like, as I think back on it, a huge accomplishment, but like in the moment we were, we were super proud of as what did. we accomplished and shimmer. I mean, it still is, but at the time, it was, like, it was big. Like, you wanted to get one of those coveted spots at Shimmer. And and we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, that, like, at that time, there weren't a ton of girls, so there weren't a ton of spots. Mm -hmm. And so you really had to shine to be invited to Shimmer. Like, that was that was a big deal. So then on top of that, to be the first ever part of the first ever shimmer tag champions, like that was big and everywhere with us. And we, you know, just like you were, we were working every weekend somewhere, um, usually together as a team. And, and we tried to get those titles out in, in front of as many people as we could. And I thought what you guys did was brilliant. I mean, you think about it. At the time, yeah, everybody knew that you and Nevea were established tag team. But you're going up against tag teams that have been established for many years. I mean, you had Lexi Fife and Malaya. You had um, the International Home Wrecking Crew. I mean, you have these women who are already hugely established. Mm-hmm. And you guys are like the younger girls coming up in it, completely the underdogs, and then end up winning the whole thing. I mean – that is special, and that goes to say how much of a workhorse both you and Nevaeh were that Dave had that kind of trust in you guys to make you the first ever Shimmer Tag Team Champions. Yeah, and at the time, I mean, I knew how special it was, but, like, throughout my career, kind of one of the – in those early years was, like, my ignorance was bliss because I didn't I'm, – maybe I did, but I, I didn't think about it like Dave believes in us that much I just like at the time I just thought of it like I'm so happy like I'm just so excited I'm so happy to be here but like a few years later as you think about it like the fact that he believed enough in her and I as such a young team when there were many other options of more established teams he believed in us enough and and he saw a future enough in us to make us his first tag team champions. Like, that's huge. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
It is. It's absolutely amazing that you guys, you know, were able to do that. I mean, you guys held the titles for a while. I mean, wrestling, again, some of those big-name tag teams that everybody had already known as these established tag teams. So to have that faith in you guys, especially because, like I said, this is, what, 2008, I think that happened. So, I mean, you're only three years in the business, and some of these girls had, you know, been working in wrestling more than half of your life, basically. Yeah you know, 15, 20 years. Yeah. Here you guys are. I like, even me, like, even though I wasn't a part of your guys' tag team, like we were all known as the Ohio girls. Yeah. I felt that proud. Like these are the girls, you know, that really, you know, they're putting the work out there and getting noticed for it. Well, and you were part of that. Like you, we were all together every weekend. It was us and it was, it was Jess and, and, we all helped each other grow. Like we all helped develop one another while developing ourselves. 100%. Like me, for me, at least without you, especially because I was literally on the road with you for two whole (laughs) years, every weekend I was like, okay, where am I working Madison this weekend? You know, where are we going now? Yeah. Like occasionally I'd be like, okay, I'm working in Avea in this town and Jessica in this town, but very, very, it wasn't very frequent that mm-hmm. those happened. But I mean, you guys were the core group that I was always with. And I remember I told you a couple of years ago, I was like, if I have a retirement match, so this is what I want. And I wanted it to be a five way. I wanted it to be Nevea, you, Angel Dust, Jessica, and myself, because you guys are all the girls that I came in with. And that's who I wanted to go out with. Of course, then, you know, I have a kid and COVID happens and all this kind of stuff. So never got, never happens. But even still to me, like if somebody was like, hey, everybody's willing to come in and do this match and you have time to get ready for it, I would do it in a heartbeat because that's who I came in with. Like, yeah, what it would mean to me. That it's interesting because like, as I think about it and I know I'm jumping ahead, like, I had my final indie match mm-hmm. having no real idea that after that I would wrestle one more time and be done. Like, so, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with last match because Jess and Nevaeh were in it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you put in as many years as I did, like, I think in a perfect world when all of the stars align, like, you get to write your own happy ending, right? Like, and I didn't, I shouldn't say I didn't get to do that because Impact 100% would have let me, but like, it was time for me to go when I went. Um, But I don't know. Like, I also swore I would never be one of those people that said like, I'm retired. Oh, but I'm going to come back again. But now I'm retired again. Oh, but maybe, but I still kind of like, hold on to that I never really had what I would consider my retirement match. So um, short term, not going to happen, but never say never, right? Like stranger things have happened in this crazy business that we love. A hundred, a hundred percent. definitely. <laughs> and let's talk about the time that you've had at Impact. Because, I mean, you've had this, this wonderful career. You were signed in 2009. And basically you were with them from then until now. I mean, you had a couple of little little stents here and there with, like, Ring of Honor and stuff like that. But, I mean, the majority of your career, you've been with Impact. 
I mean, you're a five-time knockouts champion. You're the first ever knockout to hold the knockout championship and the tag team championship at the same time. I mean, the accomplishments that you you racked up, not only on the independence, because, I mean, we talked about Shimmer, but also in Impact. And then you also did the Mae Young Classic. I mean, you've had quite the storied career. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I did um, I did a few, very few select, I think three total interviews, knowing like the week that I was planning my retirement speech. And it gave me a chance to be like very introspective. And, and you know, as I'm like, answering those questions and thinking about those interviews, like all of the things that I've gotten to do. And it goes back to now, as I sit here at 30, (laughs) think about the career that I've had. I've had all of those things and all of those bullet points on my resume because somebody somewhere in a position higher than mine at the time believed enough in me to say yes. Yes, we want her to do it. Yes, we want her to be part of our whatever we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like I, I could deep dive into, you know, pick a year and I'll tell you my favorite thing that happened. But it's, it's very humbling to know that, like, I went into my first TNA contract just bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and, like, literally whatever you need from me. They put a real-life living, breathing, giant tarantula on me on live TV. And spiders have been my lifelong, like, biggest fear. Mm -hmm. But I was so happy to be part of everything that I was part of that I was like, I want to say no, but sure. (laughs) (laughs) And, And I think it's in making those decisions and, you know, saying yes um, to things that, I didn't, I wasn't super comfortable with, but I knew at the end of the day, like there was a reason for it and it was going to make good TV and it wasn't going to harm me or my career in any way. Like those little yeses and those like moments of being easy to work with as opposed to the opposite um, are probably why I was able to have the career that I had. It's so weird to say it in past tense, but had. Well, it's only been a few months since yeah. you announced your retirement. I mean, I wouldn't say had because it's not like it was like five, six Forever years. Forever ago, yeah. <laughs> and plus, I mean, you're obviously your husband still wears the impact. So there's there's opportunity for you to go and visit this world without even having to set foot in the ring. You know what I mean? Everybody sure. there obviously welcome you back with open arms. Sure. I guess I say had and it feels like so long ago because those big moments were a long time ago. Now, it was quite possibly the biggest year of my career. Um, and it's in such an unexpected way. Between in one weekend in June, I competed um, for the Women of Honor title. And then the very next day, I was at Slammiversary competing for the Knockouts title to then doing um, – the May Young Classic, and then right after that, getting to be part of All In. Like, 2018 just came out of nowhere and, and was – it was really good for me and just, like, the timeline of where I was um, just in life and, and in wrestling. Um, and it was almost like, in a way, kind of rewriting the success that I had 
I, I say that my career is in two parts, like pre-motherhood and post. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that was like this huge ongoing moment for similar to the one, the many, many, many moments that I had prior to. So it was cool. That's awesome. And I mean, we obviously both of us have children now. Well, we both have one kid each. And, like, to balance, I don't know how, like, this is something I plan on talking about later because I plan on going chronologically, but since you brought it up, (laughs) um, (laughs) I mean, you have your child that you're raising, you have, let's say this is, like, you know, a year or two years ago, you're, you're wrestling pretty frequently, but you're also doing commentary, you're also going to school and doing all the thing, like, I'm at, I work at home now because of COVID and I also have a kid luckily goes to daycare during the day, but like my day is so like, it just gone because Mm -hmm. it's just like this one schedule that just repeats itself over and over again. So for someone like you, who's doing or was doing like 16 things in one day, (laughs) I can't imagine how you balance all of this. Um, I don't either, (laughs) Uh, but I just, I got to a point where I found that I, I would thrive in the chaos and like I never filled my plate too full to where whatever was getting my attention couldn't have a hundred percent of it um and the majority of the time that was my daughter um but I've also got a tremendous support system in Josh who will fill his plate to its absolute tipping point and then if something comes along that's going to benefit me or Charlie he's going to pile that on his plate too um amazing yeah so like when I was in school if I had an exam that I was studying for finals were coming up or whatever he would take her to the trampoline park for the day like just do things to help me focus on on this thing right now so that when that was done I could give my attention to Charlie and then you know wrestling I never stopped working at it and in the later years I actually had to work a bit harder because of the caliber of of women that I was in the ring with Um, but I had also done it for so long that a large part of it came naturally. Mm -hmm. So thank goodness, like that didn't require, like I didn't go to a ring, to a school and train and roll around. And I didn't do any of that stuff for, I, I don't know, the last five years of my, I would say the last time I did that was right before my WWE tryout in 2017. Um, but then I always, made time for the gym too. So somehow I took those 24 hours and I made the most of them while allotting eight of those hours to sleep. Because if I don't get a full night's sleep, I'm, I'm worthless. So priorities, right? Like you've got to sleep so that you can function enough to like keep these little people happy and fed and, and bouncing and learning. So eight of my hours always, always, always go to sleep. And if I'm lucky, I get a few more. Well, you mentioned in there that the caliber of people that, especially at Impact, I mean, I've said this every time I've had somebody on from Impact, the amount of talent in the knockouts division from the very beginning to even now is ridiculous. Like, I mean, Impact has the women's division every time you stack it up against anybody else. Mm -hmm. It's like, no doubt, they put a lot of faith and a lot of interest into that and I mean I don't I don't think it gets the credit that it deserves for being a part of the women's evolution because you always hear that with WWE because obviously they probably have that trademarked anyway but without the knockouts 
you know, 10 years ago when you first came into it or even before that, having the matches and the athleticism that you guys had, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have people like Sasha Banks and Bailey and people like that that are making a huge name for themselves because at that time, WWE, even though it was out of the Attitude Era, was still having these, you know, minute, minute and a half matches of women where you guys were going on and main eventing pay-per-views and main eventing impacts, you know, I mean, yeah, I don't think, you know, the impact knockouts get enough credit when it comes to that kind of stuff. No. And, and I think that at least the large majority of the fans that whose opinions I have heard would say the same thing. And that feels good. Mm-hmm. It, it does. Um, because I know how hard we worked. I know, you know, I wasn't there at the very beginning. Right. Um, I wasn't part of the original, but I've been there long enough that I heard the stories pushed and pushed and pushed every single week at TV to get this division. Mm-hmm. I know the blood, sweat, and tears that went into it. Um, <clears throat> so I, it does feel good that people, um, they see it that way and they see the knockouts as such a pivotal, um, a cornerstone really in women's wrestling being taken seriously and, and, you know, not just being a, a commodity like one to a one match to a show um, type deal, you know. But I don't get caught up in the whole like who did it first because if we're going to do that, then then you've got to look over your shoulder at Sensational Sherry and we've got to talk about Alundra Blaze, who was the first part of one half of the first uh, women's match that I ever watched, and all of these women who were like years before their time and doing what they did and, and paving the way and blazing the trail. And um, so I think that, you know, women's wrestling, like a lot of wrestling has done a lot of this. It's had its ups and downs. Um, but yeah, I would argue that the knockouts were one of the, the highest highs on that roller coaster. Um, and I'm proud to have been a part of it for so long. Yeah. I mean, you guys were getting segments and pawn segments. I mean, like you said, you had the tarantula on you at one point from Tara. Oh. You, uh, when you were part of the beautiful people, you guys were putting bags over people's heads and having mm-hmm. long promos where that wasn't something that other people were getting to experience at that time. It was just the knockouts. And like you put like the knockouts, like even some of them are back in impact now. Like you have ODB, who's one of the originals that is there. And it's just like, she's still 100% ODB. Like that's who she yeah. is. She gives you it all. And you know, I love her. It's, How can you not? Yeah, she's she's 100% herself, and I love that. In outside of the ring. Well, and you know what? Like, as you're saying that, like, it's like, duh, ding, light bulb. That's what Impact has always done. Like, it's let us all be ourselves or within this character that they've envisioned for us, kind of march to the beat of our own drum in that sense and in that role like make that role our own like you know you're going to be part of the beautiful people Madison oh okay I've never done that before I've literally never been a heel before but okay let's do it let's learn how to do it on TV um but I I think the freedom to grow and have an opinion and kind of be authentic to yourself or whatever your vision for this character that they've they've given to you or assigned to you um you know, I think that that probably has a lot to do with the success of the knockouts because, you know, I was never pushed into a role or, or a character or something that didn't feel good to me. It didn't feel like it at least had the potential to be something great. Um, 
And I can't say that, you know, I'm not going to speak for every single person that I ever shared the knockouts locker room with, but I feel like that's, that would be the general consensus that there was freedom of creativity. And that's what helped us be as, as amazing as what the division has been. And that's, you know, saying a lot about impact because giving you girls who are women knockouts that, you know, anywhere else, they're not doing it, but impact they were, and they were letting you really run, run with whatever you had. It was spectacular to watch. And like, I always watch like when you first started and even later on in your career, I was always watching going, man, I'm so proud that, you know, somebody that I came into business with is just you know, running with what they have and, mm-hmm. and just succeeding at everything that you were doing. Yeah, it was, um, I got to do that because, again, circling back to those years of the Ohio girls and, and everything that we got to do and, you know, the little tiny shows where you and I would go wrestle and, and completely forget what we were doing and fall on our faces, but learn something from it. Like, we had the opportunity to do that and be on the road every single weekend. And, and I don't know. I don't know if that's the landscape of independent wrestling today. Um, I hope it is because that's where most of my growth happened. And that's where I was able to start to develop the backbone and the, the belief in myself that led me to TNA and into such a success. A hundred percent. And like the independent days, like for me, and like you said, I mean, that's where you, you learn, you're growing, like you said, the backbone part of it, you're gaining that confidence. Like, I don't know if it's the same in the independent world now, because I mean, it just seems like there's so many companies that are just scooping up people like as quickly as they get over. They're like, okay, you're signed. Okay, you're signed. Not everybody, of course. I mean, there's people that are still, you know, breaking their backs on the independence trying to make it somewhere. But it seems like somebody gets a little bit of a name for themselves on the independence, at least from my point of view. And it seems like they get scooped up pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah. And I think that there's a pretty shallow talent pool uh, within the independent scene right now. And that's probably like very cyclical. Like as soon as some talent start to really like grow and develop and, and they spread their wings a little bit and they get scooped up and that keeps the independent pool shallow. Mm-hmm. And it's just this constant, like, cycle um I mean look it's a good thing everybody's getting jobs people are getting paid there are more places to go more places to wrestle but at the same time like is everybody who's getting one of those spots and getting one of those jobs are they 100% ready I don't know yeah that's a good question because I mean you know they are not getting like we were talking about the experience of being out on the independent and like you mentioned you know learn like screwing up a match completely and learning from it because if you Mm -hmm. do that on tv i mean you're likely not to get asked back or not be on tv then again for a while which doesn't give you the opportunities again to grow yeah you're going to grow from that situation but if you're not constantly in the ring especially when you're early on in your career it's really a detriment to yourself it is and then you know these young kids, they come in for an opportunity because you're never going to say no when somebody offers you a chance and you're so nervous because you haven't had enough opportunities to fail and you're worried that this is going to be the time. And it's hard. Like, you know, I, I, I have a lot of respect for the people who are coming up and figuring it out and doing it, you know, on live TV and succeeding at it because a lot of them are, you know, they're not all like 
failing because they're not getting the same experiences that we did. Like they're figuring it out and and they're paving their own way. And I think that's one of the great things about wrestling is that we all figure out what works for us and how to be successful in our way. Definitely. And I mean, let's go back talking more about like your success because I mean, you're with the beautiful people for the good portion of the beginning of of your impact career there. Mm -hmm. And then as you grow as a wrestler, you also grow in your backstage role because you you were telling me you were doing some producing. And, of course, we all know that you're the first female to do regular commentary on impact. I mean, how was it going from being this girl coming in going, I've never been a heel before, and now you're (laughs) going in this fashion, to being what everybody knows now as the queen bee? Um, you know, it was a decade of growth. It didn't just happen overnight, but like as as we talked through it, it sounds like it happened a lot quicker than it did. But um, it was an interesting, like exciting, fun, everything that I could have ever hoped it would be in more first seven years at Impact team, I think, that I was given an opportunity to be on the creative team. I got to write the the alley and and Braxton and Laurel and um, like that whole wedding story, though, all of the weeks leading up to it, all of the pre-tapes, everything like they let that be my baby. And that was my first and only (laughs) um, big project in terms of being part of the creative team that I got to like handle. And, you know, obviously I had help with it, um, because I had never done something like that before, but like that was me and that was mine. And I'm super proud of that. And, you know, I didn't have to do much because the talent involved were just incredible. And, and, you know, you kind of tell them the idea that you're thinking and they take the ball and run with it. Um, and that storyline, I, I hadn't, I didn't know that you had anything to do with that behind, behind the scenes or whatever. That was fantastic. Like I loved watching that, you know, and, it does go, the talent that was in that, I mean, I know a lot of them from Shimmer or from other independent dates or whatever. Like, I knew a, a good portion of them, and I was just like, this is so good. I'm so proud of them. And to know that you were behind that as part of the creative team, that's just amazing. Yeah. I mean, it was, again, it was it was easy because they were, they're all so talented, and, and they, you know, knew their character and, and played it well. Um, so, yeah, that was, I'm super proud of that and it's not something that I brag about often but like I'm okay with with just like me knowing and now everybody who that I got to write that and then you know and and then I had a real short real brief but it was um it was a strong moment of um am I am I done wrestling is this is this like it for me um in the late months of 2016, I would say summer on, you know, um, no surprise to anybody that um, impact management also did a lot of um, mm-hmm. ups and downs and changing and, um, you know, there for a brief period of time for me, it just didn't feel like home and it wasn't warm and fuzzy. And so that's when I left and I bet on myself and I went and did other things and had a WWE tryout and you know, and then I, I ended up coming back and, you know, the fairy tale writes itself because I got to finish out my career at Impact um, producing, like, full-time agent for the knockouts with along with Gail. You know, we shared that responsibility, which was also 
awesome because we were like a little tag team all over again, helping produce like this era of, I was able to share that responsibility with her and then to do commentary. Like it just speaks to the belief that we talked about earlier that impact has in its knockouts. Like the fact that they let me wear so many hats and believed enough in me to, to let me do it on their like worldwide television show. Like it was, I, yeah, it's just like, I sound like a broken record, but it's just humbling. And it's something that I'm, you know, all of those accolades are things that I'm super proud of. And like I said, you most definitely should be proud of all of these things that you did because I mean, like when I think of it, like I met this young, cause I mean, you're younger than I am, this young girl in Coshocton, Ohio, this, like I said, it's a little, little farm town has like, like literally you drive in and you drive out. There's not much to it <laughs> except for like this high school, a McDonald's, a Tim Hortons, and that's it. Like, and a wrestling school at one time. Yeah, that's, that's it. So, I mean, to see you come from, like, there, and, like, obviously, because of wrestling and all that with you all the time, I got to meet your family. So, like, I knew, you know, the people you grew up with and stuff like that. I got to meet a lot of people that knew you from, you know, when you were a kid. Mm -hmm. To see you succeed at the level that you've succeeded at and know that you have now retired and you're doing other things in your life that, you know, is fulfilling you in different ways, it's just amazing to see. Thanks. I, I, like... (laughs) I don't want to get emotional. I already did that. But yeah, it's, you know, the best part of that whole story I'm learning on the back end of my career is, you know, as, as a parent, you're semi obligated to tell your child, you can do whatever you want, like chase your dreams. Like those are feel good things to say, but to have a story to back that up, like we're, we're competitive gymnastics right now. Like that's our thing. And my daughter tells me that she wants to be an Olympic gymnast. And I don't just say lightly to her, you can do it because I know she can do it because I did my version of competitive gymnastics. Like I pushed myself, I put in the hard work. I'm going to teach her the value of hard work, but to be able to say to her, you can do whatever you want, whatever your dream is, chase it and you can accomplish it because I did. Like, that's really cool. And that is going to forever be a satisfying, like, bow that I put on the top of my career um, of wrestling. I think that's perfect. I mean, you have a little girl that's growing up, seeing her mom, who is basically this superhero, (laughs) you know, for 16, 17 years. And now, you know, you're telling her that she can basically be her own superhero in her own little way. That's inspiring, especially with the way that women are, you know, basically owning who they are now and doing whatever they want without any restrictions anymore. I mean, not that women didn't do that previously, but it seems more on the forefront now for, you know, the general public, I guess you would say. It's more embraced, you know, And, and there are more of us doing it. There are more women going, okay, I want to do this. I'm going to do this, right? Like Mm -hmm. roles have just completely like lines have been blurred and and women do whatever they want. And and I just, I love that. You know, while there's so much craziness in this world and so much uncertainty and there's a lot of dark and ugly, if you let yourself see the silver linings, there are a lot of them and they're pretty cool. And one of them is that I can raise a little girl who says, I want to be an Olympic gymnast. 
then she's going to go be an Olympic gymnast. Like, I think that's so cool. That is definitely. I mean, like, my son's a little bit younger than your daughter. And, like, to think of, I mean, obviously he's not telling me yet, you know, things he's quite into other than, you know, like, Toy Story. Yeah. You know, once he figures out who he is as a person, I can't wait to be able to be that, like, you know, wind that helps push his sail out to to push him into whatever he wants to do. Because, so I think it's excellent that, you know, to be the, the wind beneath basically his sails to kind of push him out into the world. And speaking of, I mean, it's a weird transition, honestly, but it's the one I have. So, so um, speaking of, you know, pushing the limits right now with wrestling, going back to that just a little bit, you have impact. And being that you used to be part of the creative team and everything, right now there's a lot going on with what they're calling that forbidden door or whatever with AEW. Do you think that we will ever see the women of Impact, the knockouts, ever go to AEW? Because, I mean, we see obviously the Good Brothers and stuff like that. But I'm like, I want to see, like, Nevaeh and Jessica come in and take on, like, Nyla and Britt Baker or whatever the case is, you know? Yeah. I mean, could you imagine – possibilities are endless because yeah. they've got so many talented women um, and, you know, impact consistently has so many talented women. And I think that a lot of the women at AEW and a lot of the women at impact, like, you know, they came up together, they've worked each other before they know the magic that could be made. If that forbidden door were actually to be opened, um, will it happen? I honestly don't know because I left before really any of that um, started happening stuff started happening. Um, you know, but if I can say anything about impact, it's that they are open-minded and, and open to just about anything. And, and, you know, as we've already discussed, they value and elevate their women. So, Hey, I mean, I don't see it as completely unreasonable. Yeah. Me like, I'm like, Oh, there's some matchups that I would love to see. Like mm-hmm. just thinking off the hand, I mean, you have, you know, Diamante and, um, oh, God, uh, Ivelisse. I couldn't think of her name there for a second. <laughs> Against, you know, Fire and Flava. Like, oh, could you imagine? That- yeah, I mean, the possibilities. I mean, these are just tag matches I'm talking about, too. I'm not even talking about possible singles matches. Yeah. I mean, think about, you know, Diana Prazo versus uh, Riho or – or Britt Baker, or any of the other girls there. I mean, there's so many endless possibilities yeah. with the women facing off with one another. Like, I, I crave it. Like, I'm like, okay, I see the Good Brothers. I'm happy. Yeah, all right. Let's 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 get some more people. Let's make that door revolving. Let's go. <laughs> we should start a hashtag. Yeah. Crazy things happen when you start a hashtag. <laughs> the power of the people, I guess you could say. Well, it has been awesome having you on, Madison. Of course, you said earlier – you know, basically answering a question I already I had for you, but will we ever see Madison Rain in the ring again? Do you think that's a possibility? Like, I know you said short term, probably not, but long term, if an opportunity presented itself? I mean, I just, I can't, as I sit here right now, think of what that opportunity would be. But, you know, in the very next breath, there are countless women that I would love to have one more match with. Um, so I don't know. I would say never say never. I have no immediate plans of it happening. Um, and I can say this with absolute certainty. If it were ever to happen, it would be one final, 
match. I think there's the possibility that I would have one left in the tank, um, but it would have to be really special. Understandable. I, I totally get that. But Madison, it's been awesome having you on. Please give everybody your social media or anything that you want to put over at this time. Yeah, I mean, you can you can still follow me on Twitter and Instagram, both at Madison Rain. Um, I'm a little less engaged at this point because, to be quite honest, I am more engaged in what's happening in my everyday um, real life, um, and I'm okay with that. Like, I think that I keep a healthy, happy balance. Um, but, yeah, Instagram and Twitter, I have no Facebook. I've never had a Facebook. I don't have a a Patreon. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Um, I will not have one of those either, but yeah, I, I still like to keep in touch and, and stay connected to, you know, the fans who allowed me to have the forever long career that I had. So I owe it to them and I kind of owe it to myself to, to keep that little piece of math. Well, awesome. Thank you so much. I enjoy going down memory lane with you today and Hopefully next time we can do it without all the technical difficulties. It's all my fault. I, I'm sure <laughs> that it's my fault. I'm going to call my internet provider and, and tell them that what they promised me they didn't deliver on. And if they don't come fix it, I'll body slam them. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> you always have that threat. You always know how to do a body slam, right? I do. I you'll, do. You'll put them through a table or something. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't try me. Don't try me, internet man. Just come fix it. Just come fix it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been awesome again. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Talking Sass. See you guys next time. This is a sister, the Doctor of Style, and you're listening to VOC Nation. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at nine. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Cassie Finn, Matt Grimm, and you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with History, the voice of choice, and Killer Ken Resnick. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have cried? Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calchico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. On Wrestling With Problems, we deal with two things, wrestling and problems. On the wrestling side, we cover the major fads as well as the indies. As far as problems go, we cover our problems 
American problems, and world problems. Sometimes the problems are even related to wrestling. Every week, comedian King David Lane and wrestler, promoter Chris Best discuss the best and especially the worst in the world of wrestling with a heaping dose of comedy. Check us out live on VLCNation.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls, and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Stiles of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs, yeah, you get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.